0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we will hear an interview conducted by former president of Drama Victoria, Lindy Clark. Lindy is interviewing former student Darcy Brown, who is currently performing in a professional production of Peter Pan Goes Wrong. Darcy Brown performed at Topax with his VC Theatre Studies monologue in 2008. He is a graduate of the National Institute of Dramatic Art and he has performed with a number of Australia's finest theatre companies including, among others, MTC, Bell Shakespeare and Griffin Theatre Company. This award-winning actor sat down with Lindy to talk about his journey from high school theatre studies student to professional actor. Let's get to it. Take it away, Lindy.
1: Hi, this is Lindy Clark doing a podcast with Darcy Brown from Peter Pan Goes Wrong, here for the Aside podcast, proudly sponsored by Drama Victoria. Darcy, thank you for coming and welcome. Thank you. You've just finished your final two performances in Melbourne, and you've been on the road with Peter Pan Goes Wrong now for a couple of months.
2: Uh, a few months, yeah. We started uh, in New Zealand uh, October 1st, rehearsing in Auckland for four weeks, and then we did a season in Auckland, then Wellington and Christchurch, and we've just finished six weeks at the Arts Centre in Melbourne. Um, so I feel like the show's run in now, and it's starting to, to be its own kind of entity.
1: Now, the reason I'm interviewing you is because I taught you for some time, and so I've got some questions that relate directly back to your time at school and your connection from a being a VCE theatre studies student mm. and then moving forward to actually being in... This would be your fourth touring production?
2: Uh, yes, yes, fourth. So, uh, Belle Shakespeare... National tour of Henry V that Damien Ryan directed, uh, I did in 2014. Uh, Headling, which was in a Melbourne Theatre Company production, a one-man show in 2016, which had a shorter tour. Uh, and then last year, The Play That Goes Wrong, which was another six-month... Oh, sorry, a year before last, uh, which was another six-month tour. So this is the third six-month tour and fourth tour.
1: So that's terrific, and, and, and although we as drama teachers teach a number of students that go on to succeed in areas such as going to Whopper or NIDA or VCA, being a working actor and working so consistently like you have, not only with touring professional productions, but coming back and putting back in as importantly in your own school has mm. been an amazing thing because the students then look to you um, as a pivotal point in which they can try and achieve their goals first question I'd like to ask you tell us about the evolution from doing VCE theatre studies to touring in Peter Pan goes wrong
2: so uh I did drama and theatre studies all throughout high school at Caulfield Grammar Uh, um You came to school when I was in year 11, I believe, because you'd been there, then left, then came back. Yep. Uh, And our first production together was Marat Saad, As You Do. As You Do, Um, with a
1: group of students that you've never taught
2: before. Yes, it's the way to make your mark and say, I've arrived. Um, And that was extraordinary. And I think the evolution, a major part of that evolution from high school theatre through then NIDA and then into the industry uh, is being exposed to such a, a, an eclectic array of, of forms of theatre. Um, uh, you know, Marat Sard. I think in that first year we did Marat Sard, and then with another teacher we did um, Arms and the Man um, and we did a production of Lysistrata and... Then we did We did The Producers, we got to play a major role in a musical, and then we did Rhinoceros, and we also did The Importance of Being Earnest and Pygmalion, and so, you know, it, I think exposure to as many different forms of theatre and performance as, as I, being exposed to that as I was in high school put me in a very lucky, very advantageous position than going into drama school, because... Um, your understanding of the parameters of performance or what's possible are a little bit stretched. Uh, And also just having the chance to be on stage. When I arrived at NIDA, several of the people in my my year had never done a play before, had never been on the stage. And so I suddenly realised how fortunate I'd been uh, not only performing in a black box space, um, a flexible space at Corfield, but also in the, the proscenium theatre with the fly tower, which a lot of people wouldn't have had that opportunity. So then going to drama school, um, auditioned for NIDA and got in three years there, um, which was a whirlwind, you know, um, contradictory, stressful, self-doubt riddled, but also very exciting experience. Uh, and then was fortunate enough, enough to get an agent at the end of that uh, and then started working relatively quickly, and I've been very fortunate in working relatively frequently on, again, lots of eclectic projects. So I think, again, the work we did at Caulfield, both in theatre studies and school productions, is kind of mirrored, and it, it, what I'm doing now feels like a continuation of that in
1: okay. a of ways. That's very interesting. You, of course, some people might know... Uh, got a top class um, mm. with your Willie Loman, which I thought was an exceptional piece, you. but you also became the top act for yes. The Studies in 2008. What initial moment in your period of time in adolescence or even prior to that mm. was a pivotal moment that you decided that you wanted to be an actor?
2: I think... We were asked this question First Year NIDA as well. You know, what is the, the hook or the lure? What is the thing that first sparked this in you? You know, went to the bug bite you in early life. And I remember going to see Ruddigore at the State Theatre, talking about the Arts Centre. just finished performing in the Playhouse right next to the State Theatre, so that's a, a thrill. Um, when I was about five years old, seeing a production of Ruddigore with Rhonda Birchmore, who came to see the show and liked it, just as an aside, um... Uh, Seeing Rudagor, and I remember the the extraordinary red velvet curtain, and I remember at the start there was a witch in, in total darkness, just the head floating there, and I remember the portraits coming to life in the second act, and I went, oh, my God, what is this? This is extraordinary. And then we also went to a pantomime, puffed the magic dragon, and the tail disappeared, and then there was a magic box. So I think... Those were the early experiences, being taken to theatre as a, as a very small child and then throughout my childhood by my parents, going to musicals or whatever it was, um, were the things that made me aware that this was an extraordinary way to spend one's time. And it just seemed like a natural part of life. You know, I knew that theatre was open for me to go and experience. It wasn't some far-off thing that I didn't know what it was. Uh, and then a couple of experiences that crystallised that kind of love of it into... Oh, maybe I could and should, or I would like to do this as a, as a, as a job. If I could, um, I remember seeing Jeffrey Rush in *Exit the King* at the Malthouse, um, and you took us to see that um, with Theatre Studies, and then our lit class also took us to see it. And then I also went with friends. I remember seeing that three times, and just being completely shattered by that experience. Going, oh, this is what is possible in the theater, the production was astonishing, but then his individual performance, it was one of you, you watched it and went, I know there is no other performance happening on earth right now that is as great as this. It was mind boggling. Mm. Um, and that on the one hand made you think, well, why do I even bother? Cause that's genius. But also it was very inspiring You thought, well, no, I want to do this and I want to try and be as good as I can. Um, so it was that, and it was, I think, in the latter half of high school, going to see those shows with you, but also, more importantly, working and creating shows with you, rehearsing them, doing Maritza, doing Rhinoceros, doing The Producers, doing all those other shows, that I thought, oh, I I seem to have good instincts, Mm. Um, and you were someone who identified that and supported that and would tell me that. And you were also, you know, it became a conversation when rehearsing. You could tell me if something was terrible and that was great and we'd have a laugh about it and make it better. Um, But I remember thinking, oh, I really like this process of being wrong many, many times until you find the right thing of playing, of falling flat in your face, but also taking it seriously and being as disciplined and rigorous, hopefully, as you could. Um, I think
1: think that's the key, isn't it? I think a lot of students don't understand that just doing a monologue or a, you know, a stagecraft performance for VCE is only the tip of the iceberg yes. of what discipline is expected in the profession.
2: Absolutely. Um, and you, you sort of see again and again and again the people who continue to work or who are very good. You look at a performance and go, oh, my God, that's extraordinary. Well, you, there's a hell of a lot of work that goes into yeah. that. And doing a monologue in isolation and is is one thing, but then being able to... A huge part of of working as an actor is... And one of the great things about it is you get to work with people. It's a collaboration. Every job is a conversation with many different people who are extraordinarily talented and inspiring and and skilled at their respective jobs. And so you have to bring that same spirit to the table and, and invest and take it seriously. Otherwise, you know do something else. It's not just a lark. You're not there to just have fun. It needs to be fun, but you need to take it seriously without taking yourself too seriously. I think
1: think that's nail on the head, isn't it? Don't take yourself too seriously, but the work you do, it's still work. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to finish with one more. We may come back and interview at another Mm. time, but what are some pointers that you might suggest for young actors who are in VCE this year and uh, considering pursuing their craft of acting when they leave school?
2: I would say find somewhere to do it. So get together with friends and read plays. Get involved in uni theatre if you're going to uni. Um, audition for shows at university. Find community theatre. Find you know Put something together for a fringe festival. Um, read plays. Read plays. Educate yourself about the history of theatre and film. Watch as many movies as you can. Um, you have to be a little bit obsessive, I think, um, in a, you know, in a joyful way, um, learn as much as you can and never be, I think having a curiosity is really important and continuing to feed that. But do fundamentally, yes, audition for for drama schools, VCA or Whopper or NIDA or, um, USQ or wherever you want to go. Um, but while you're pursuing that, be working, working on yourself, go to, you know, not just acting either, go to art galleries and, um, you know, spend time with friends, meet unusual people, have unusual conversations, Um, learn about the world, be aware of what's happening in the world around you.
1: And Um, not just on social media. And
2: not just on social media. I think be in the world, not on your phone. Um, And observe people. I think that's really wonderful because what you see on the street is always more outrageous and extraordinary and unusual and specific than anything you can imagine. So that's your um, that's your sourcing point for a lot of your work. Ultimately, you store those things away in your memory, um, but keep working um, and do anything you can. And yes, you can go to drama school and train that, and that's wonderful. But there are many other ways to go about it as well. I remember it seemed so far off and sort of untouchable when I was at high school. Thinking, well, how do you even begin to get into that industry? You know, I didn't know anyone, and you know. Um, but it's, you know, there are ways in and it's not just one way. You know, I, if Gary Oldman was rejected from RADA. He auditioned and the woman said, oh, I think you should think about doing something else for a living. He's done okay. Yeah. Um, so people yeah. don't know anything, basically. Yeah.
1: yeah. And um, take the risk. Take the brave. risk.
2: Be brave. Take the risk. Um, don't make the safe choice in your work. Be playful. Work hard. Those are things. That's a lot. But I think that those are fundamentally the things I would say.
1: Thank you, Darcy. And hopefully, we'll be able to uh, interview you again once you finish with Peter Pan Goes Wrong. Absolutely. Good luck for the rest of
2: the tour. Thank you.
1: And we uh, hope we'll have you back on the Aside again.
2: Absolutely. Thank Bye-bye. you, Lindy. It's been a pleasure.
0: That is all from us at The Aside. There are plenty of episodes in the bank, so feel free to go through those and find one that piques your interest. If you have a question or you would like to suggest a topic for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. We answer a number of emails each week, so thank you to those who have reached out already. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support of this podcast. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. And of course, thank you for listening.